with Teddy Lehman and Tyler McComas. Back to pass, Gabriel looks right, looks middle, throws middle. It is caught! Nick Six! Touchdown, Nick Anderson! Sawchuk back in the game on second and ten. DG to throw. Looking right, looking right. Rolling left. Throws late. In zone. He's got Gibson. Got it. Touchdown. I don't know if it's Stutzman moving back and forth between Mike and Will or what. Picked off. Intercepted. Billy Bowman. He's going down the sidelines. Billy Bowman to the 40, to the 30. He's running out of gas. He's at the 10. He's at the 5. Unhitched. Handoff Sanchuk over the left side. First down, breaks free. He's to the 10. Stiff arm, still on his feet to the 5. Touchdown! Gavin Sanchuk just kept going. Touchdown! Final Big 12 road game ever. And Oklahoma wins it. They pick up their first win over BYU. Final score today here in Provo. Sooners 31, Cougars 24. Victory! Touchdown! Touchdown! Touchdown, Oklahoma! Pick six! 99 yardas! Billy Bowman! And they stay there! And they stay there! And they stay there! Oh, Billy, 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 Billy! What a day! Yeah. Man. I rarely can you say this, but. I mean, at least. Two of our wins don't happen if Billy Bowman isn't on the field. OU Texas, OU BYU, and maybe there's more, you know? Oh, yeah. He is he is excellent. That play is just one of the many fabulous plays that he made on Saturday. Yeah. He is unreal. He's awesome. I love that. Uh, I love the call from the uh, OU Spanish broadcast. I, I just thought Billy uh, Billy Sims was on the broadcast there for a second. <laughs> Billy, Billy! <laughs> like at the Heisman. I think it was Baker's Heisman presentation, whatever. No, um, so we were sitting in the end zone where BYU was about to score with all the yeah. other OU fans, essentially. And I saw that wide receiver in the slot, and no one was covering him. Now, I, I I don't know if it was a cold run play. Maybe the quarterback saw what a lot of us saw, that no one was covering the wide receiver in the slot. Maybe Billy Bowman was disguising it that way, so he would throw it over there and he would make a play. I don't know. I just remember thinking pre-snap, they could just throw it right over to that guy and he's going to score a touchdown. They throw it, there goes Billy Bowman the other way. And it, it saved the day, it saved the season. It's got to be one of the three biggest plays of the entire year, man. Has yeah. to be. Yeah, yeah. What's crazy is, I don't know, it's one of the biggest plays of the year, and I don't even know if it's his biggest play, all right? I mean, is is that one better than the the fourth down stop against Texas? Maybe. I don't know. I I mean, we can debate that today with the text line if we'd like, but it's a really nice conversation to have. And, you you know, I, I, I still think, like, leading up to that play, he'd been one of the more... 
underrated players on this team. And I think everyone looked at him going into Saturday and said, yeah, Billy Bowman's been good. He's been a big part of this defense. I still don't think he was getting the respect that he deserved for his year, and I I think that that's changed now after that play. Well, I think one of the reasons is because so much of what he does is happens to be cleaning up other people's messes that – you know, a lot of the plays that he makes downfield are not are not celebration moments. You know, it's your guys up in the front seven will make you know five, eight routine plays up there, and it's all like celebration, and we're chest bumping, and we've got our prearranged stuff. But boy, we miss a run fit and give up a thirty yarder. And Billy Bowman comes across the entire formation, uh, beats a block, lunges, and clips an ankle to save a touchdown that we end up getting a, a stop on. Yep. And no one even mentions it, right? Yep. So that's the type of plays that he's made. He had a bunch of those in the game on Saturday. Where, where do, like quickly before we move on, where do you think that ranks in terms of biggest plays of the season? I mean, Gabriel to Anderson, uh, goal line stop on that fourth down, and and this one would be my top three. It's def, it, uh, in my opinion, in my, it's definitely in my top three. I'd have to really sit back and think about all of the other plays, um, but on the road, in a fourteen point swing in a game, it looks like you, your your quarterback has just gone down. You got a true freshman that's out there in the first couple of series have not gone well. Um, BYU is about to take the lead. That crowd's going to go crazy, and it's a fourteen-point swing in points. So that's uh, that may be number one. Yeah, maybe because there's no path to a successful season if you lose as a twenty-four and a half point favorite on the road on Saturday. And the best part about it is, as you kind of we're alluding to he was supposed to be blitzing he's supposed to be blitzing off the outside um BYU's trying to go hurry up after you know a, a, a run of successful plays why do they throw it there who knows but um he he recognizes that Reggie Pearson is not where he's supposed to be and the number two receiver's wide open so he aborts the blitz stays on the number two and I think that uh, Retzloff thought he was going to be blitzing and two was going to be uncovered. That's why he just snapped it through it there, uh, just you know, right out of a reaction. So, so you think that that could have been a called run and he just saw a wide open receiver and said, "I'm just going to throw it over quick to this guy for an easy score." Yeah, well, Cause I, I think it's because I kind of thought like like pre snap how they're running the ball. I, mm-hmm. I, I, I that's kind of what I thought too. Like it's that, there probably was a RPO. It's probably RPO where you know if he's got a chance right there, he can pull it and throw it. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think so. I think they maybe anticipated the blitz right there and, and, and saw that Pearson wasn't coming over yet. Wasn't the cover down wasn't there yet. So yeah, it was at least, it was at least a top three play of the year. It saved the season. Maybe it's the best single play of the entire year. And a lot of you saw Teddy's reaction from it. It was (laughs) nonchalant, like nothing had ever happened. He looks like a stoic head coach over there on the sidelines. Well, I was trying to let things kind of simmer down for a second after Toby's huge call, which was great. And 
I was still just kind of baffled as to what happened. Why did they throw the football right there? Um, Great it was question. Just a, it was just a lot to take in at the moment. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was a lot. We were going crazy over there in the uh, in the OU section. Which, uh, by the way, like when you're in the middle of the OU section, you can tell there are a lot of fans there. How did it look uh, from the press box, though? The For, what? The interception? No, the the uh, turnout of OU fans. How much? How much red was in the stadium? It looked pretty good. I couldn't see like the home side that was below us. Um, but it looked like there was the majority a good was in that end zone. Yeah, is, was that, where, where they were. Majority was in that end zone, and there had other OU fans sprinkled throughout. Oh, it was pretty good representation. Yeah, no, it was it, a lot of OU fans there, and they were loud, man. It was it was a lot of fun, and we'll get to the the trip and how I think it exceeded expectations, even though the, my expectations were high. But before we get to the text line, we got a lot to do today, man. Mm-hmm. A lot to do on a short week. We'll, we'll try to get to all of it. But we were talking about Billy Bowman being underappreciated maybe a bit. Um, I think that player now, and I know it took him several weeks to get going, but I do think that player now is, is Gavin Salchuk. Um, he, yeah. he helped carry the offense in the second half on Saturday, man. And that touchdown run that he had, that's what we've been waiting on. That's the type of player that you thought that you were going to get going into the season. And I'll definitely take it right now. Don't, uh, don't get me wrong. But that is that's the true version of Gavin Sawchuck that we've been waiting to see. He was he was awesome on Saturday. Yep, he's he continues to get more and more experience and look better and better with with each and every carry, uh, every carry, every game, every series. Um, you know, one of the things we said is he just hadn't played a whole lot of football leading into this. You know, late in the season because of injury last year and injury early this year. So. It's taken him a while to round into form, and I honestly think it's also found or taken a little bit for our offense, offensive line, to find what we're best at as far as the running game. And as we've dialed that in, I think it's helped him a lot also. Caden Green has come around and turned into a really nice player at left guard. That's been a big factor. Brent really uh, talked up, uh, talked him up on Saturday after the game. I know he had a five-yard yeah. penalty uh, maybe in the first quarter, but outside that, Brent sounded like, yeah, he was really good. Yeah, there's some flashes. Uh, he plays he plays pretty good the entire game, but there are flashes and moments where he does things where it's like, oh, my, this kid is going to be fantastic. And the same thing with Jacob Sexton. Jacob Sexton's looking really good. 325 from the state of Texas. I'm curious to know how the OU goal line defense ranks among other teams. I don't I mean the red zone defense is the best stat you can have for that, but it's just very telling that if someone has the ball inside the 10 inside the 5, even if it's on a defensive drive where you haven't done a whole lot of great things at this mm-hmm. point you're well, well we'll see what happens. I could see them tightening up here and, and forcing a stop or forcing a field goal. Yeah. Yeah, they've done that quite a bit. And you know, I think the defense that, feels it too now. How, how oh, could they yeah. not? They absolutely do. You know, they saw the reaction they got from the Texas stop and what it was like doing one at home whenever you got the fans going crazy. So, yeah, I think whenever it gets down to that area, no matter what the drive has been like, they get, they're getting a little bit of a burst of energy instead of, you know, the feeling of, all right, well, there goes that drive. We gave up a, a touchdown. Think you actually get a little bit of excitement from the group whenever that's that's 
it gets to that point. 580, two things that continue to concern me about Brent that I hope he fixes for next year. One, we don't have that road warrior mentality. Two, game management. So let's address number one first because they didn't play their best game on Saturday. Of course, it was a road game. Lost Mm -hmm. the two previous road games, and they lost some road games last year. Should we be concerned about how this team has been playing on the road the past two years in conference play? Uh, yeah. Yes. Now, I, the problem is, what what do you attribute it to? Um, I, I think it, it seems like every game is a little bit different. You know, the two previous games, I can attribute those losses to turnovers. Were those turnovers because we were on the road? I I don't know. Maybe. Maybe you could say that. I don't know. Maybe the focus wasn't there. I don't know how that could be the case, but, you know, maybe the team's not focused on the road. I, I mean, I don't think we have a, a football team full of dumb players that don't recognize the difference of going on the road as opposed to staying at home, and I'm, I know it's something that they talk about and and emphasize. So I, I don't – I mean, yeah, it's a concern for sure, but I don't know where exactly you can put your finger on it that they're having the problem. You know what I'm saying? I, don't, I just don't know how you yeah, quantify um, and fix I, it. Yeah, I'm just trying to find a theme with um, these these games on the road where they haven't played well. Um, obviously, OSU and Kansas, and Kansas, they got off to terrible starts in that game. They did score first against BYU. Maybe the final, maybe the score was seven to seven against those guys at the end of the first fifteen minutes. So I don't know. The best thing I could come up with is they don't start nearly as fast on the road, especially on offense, than they than they do at home. Because at home yeah. they feel like they're a pretty good football team that can start fast. Right. Um, yeah. I I don't know. I don't know. Um, I, I, I don't know what to attribute it to. You know, I guess one of the things that you say always travels is run game and defense, right? And, you know, our run game has struggled for, for you know, large parts of the season. And it, it took a little bit for it to get rolling on Saturday. You know, the, the second half is whenever we really started running the football good. So, I don't know. I yeah. It's a concern, though, for sure. Yeah, uh, one more for the 918. Here's my big takeaway from Saturday's game. You ready? I'm thankful for all of BYU's mistakes. They shot themselves in the foot and lost the game, but a dub is a dub. It was yeah. not pretty, um, but golly, man, it, it was so it was so bad at times that you walked out of that just saying, oh, oh, just thank God for a win. It wasn't great. Your quarterback goes down at halftime. You didn't have a good feeling at halftime regardless. And then most people didn't realize that Gabriel was out for the rest of the game until Jackson Arnold just, you know, ran out there with the first-team offense. So you're just with, – with everything that happened, a missed field goal, um, you're just thankful to get out of there with a win, for sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, and that's that's kind of the thing. You know, the road game at Kansas, you're without Stutzman for a big portion of that game. The road game against Oklahoma State, you're without Stutzman – the entire game, 
in the road game against BYU, you're without your starting quarterback for the second half. I mean, those things are difficult to overcome, more difficult to overcome on the road for sure. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Keep hitting the text on 651-3439. We'll be back. Sooner Football Talk lives here. This is The Ref. Welcome to the best casino in OKC. Play with your wild card all November. For a chance to win $100,000 in cash and prizes. Most people don't think of getting their garage door tuned up once a year. But by calling Affordable Door, you can extend the life of your garage door by getting your tune-up today. Affordable Door will check the springs, rollers, and cables, plus much more. Get your tune-up today, 405-635-9499. Or visit AffordableDoor.net, the official garage door company of the Sooners. Really excited about where we're at. Again, I'll just give you a quick update um, with Dylan and Jalil. Uh, I feel like both those guys will, if they continue to progress throughout the week, that they'll be available uh, this weekend. It is a reaction Monday on the Rush. Short week edition, so we're looking back at the game against BYU and, of course, looking ahead to Friday's game against TCU. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. That sounded like an optimistic Brent Venables that Dylan Gabriel's going to play on Friday, and he even sounded optimistic after the game on Saturday. So what's your read, dude? Are he going to play on Friday or not? No idea. Uh, my guess, If I had to guess, I'd say yes. Um, I, I'm less concerned about him not playing than I am about him leaving the game on Saturday with that situation. Now, if he's not playing and you've got a week to prepare with Jackson Arnold and Taylor fit your game plan to his strengths and weaknesses, you know, figure out areas where you need to protect him more, and I'm less worried about that than coming in in a – on, in a road environment where the game isn't going exactly how you imagined it was going to go and defense isn't playing great at the moment, like that was a scary situation. Yes. And for the most part, he handled it well. I, so I'm not really – I mean, it's, it's, there's a concern there for sure because there's a lot of unknown. You don't know exactly how he'll play in a, in a full game, but – I, I, I guess I, I feel pretty confident that even if he does play, he'll play well. He, uh, he had the bobbled snap. He missed two throws. The third down throw to Tawi Walker, that goes for a first mm-hmm. down and probably a lot more. And, of course, the deep ball, that should have been a touchdown. But just kind of evaluating his performance, I don't worry about ability with, with, with him. Um, <laughs> as much as he overthrew that deep ball, clearly he's got the arm to make the throws that he needs to down the field. And I, and I think in time, like he'll he'll be a guy that's good down the field throwing the deep ball. I don't worry about that. The throw to Tawi Walker, he'll make that throw consistently moving forward. I don't worry about that. I I do think a if he has to start on Friday, a significant moment happened that makes me feel a lot better about things than maybe I did on Saturday early in the third quarter. I think the moment of him audibling to that slant to Farouk on his own 
and they pick up that first down and essentially ends the game. You talk about massive for confidence. That's massive for that kid's confidence. To get thrown yeah. into that situation, to make that call, and then to make that throw to essentially end it, that's, that's pretty big time, man. And, and, I, and I still think that Dylan Gabriel is this team's best option at quarterback. I, I do believe that. OU's best chance to win on Friday will be with Dylan Gabriel. But that's a pretty big moment for a true freshman. And I don't think that he'll be as shaky as maybe he was the first two series if he's got to start on Friday. Yeah. I, you know, I think, the, I think the deep ball was maybe a little adrenaline going there. You know, whenever you haven't, haven't played a whole lot in the moment, got a little excited perhaps, don't know, but I don't, I don't worry about him not being able to throw the deep ball. I'm not going to change any, uh, change any like feeling I've had about him since he got here based off of him missing throws. I watch guys on Sunday miss throws, so uh, that doesn't concern me at all. I think he'll be just fine. Uh, and he stuck I, some big-time third-down throws. I just talked about one, but he made another one um, in a drive before that. So yeah. all things considered, like he missed two you know, wide-open wide open receivers. One was a, technically a running back. He'll clean that up again. I don't, I've never worried about ability. I definitely don't worry about ability now. Um, he'll be a lot better on Friday if he needs to be. There's there's a lot of reasons to be to be excited there for sure. The, I'm the, the sure, biggest I'm thing. I'm surprised we don't have a bunch of text message uh, saying how horrible he is, and they should you know see if he'll enter the transfer portal because he missed a, a deep ball. When the hell does Hawkins get here? When can he take <laughs> over the offense? No, we had a we had a text earlier today, not on this show. It was with uh, Parker and Steely saying what. Why did they burn his red shirt? Why did they do? Why did they burn his red shirt in that game? And for the life of me, I can't understand why anyone would be upset that you had to burn uh, Jackson Arnold's red shirt in that game on Saturday. I mean, I I, I don't get that. Well, yeah, I think the the answer is pretty self-explanatory. They burned the red shirt to win the football game. All right? I mean, that's there you go, plain and simple. They burned the red shirt to win the football game. Um, are you guaranteed to win it, burning his red shirt? No, but it gives you the best chance to win that game whenever you're down your starting quarterback. So it's pretty self-explanatory. Now, if you want to debate whether or not I, it was a smart move to burn his red shirt, I guess that's a fine debate. My guess is I, it's, it's like really one of two things. If he's as good as we expect – it's probably not going to be one of those things that matters anyways. He'll be going Accurate. to the league. Yes. If he's not as good as we expect, it's not going to matter because he'll be replaced. Well, and then he can redshirt one of those years anyway, so he'll still be able to redshirt that season. There you go. Dallas Bill says the deep ball is a timing aspect. The more reps he gets with the receivers, the more confident he will be with the deep ball. Well, Nailed it. after we saw that arm strength, let's just, just make Brennan Thompson his uh, deep ball receiver every single time. Well, at least uh, Jackson Arnold overthrows his deep balls instead of underthrowing them. I'm sure that text is somewhere. I'll I'll try to find it. Sift through them, please. I don't I don't find think it. I'd have to look too hard for that. I want copyright uh, rights for that that text if it's not in there. But I I think another big takeaway too. Well, there's two. One, he didn't turn the ball over. He didn't have some terrible mistake that that cost you the game. Though he did have the bobble snap. 
But two, he looked um for being thrown in that spot, looked looked pretty poised out there, man. And I think he admitted after the game that it was really that second series when he really started to settle in. But for a true freshman being thrown in that spot, all things considered, yeah. I, I mean, you got to be confident if you're going to change the play on a third down like that, you know. So it's well, confidence isn't isn't an issue for him. I don't it's, think. It's you know he comes in on that first series and. The field position is not good. I think we're like just like around the 10-yard line or so. Field position isn't great. The defense is over there saying, uh-oh, we got a true freshman at quarterback. Let's dial up the pressure. They're going to run it right here. Let's bring the heat. So you're getting really aggressive defense thrown at you uh, early. Now, it wasn't until the third series where we finally had some decent field position and the defense had to had to change their their tune a little bit. So yeah, Camo Center will BYU be our new favorite Big Twelve team after we're gone. They're definitely going to be in consideration for me. That was a, that was an awesome trip, man. Exceeded Loved expectations it. for me. I knew they had a beautiful stadium. I didn't know it was going to be not only the most beautiful stadium I've seen, but one of the most beautiful areas I've ever seen before as well. Uh, everything Scenery was great. There is just incredible, isn't it? Oh, it's you, breathtaking. I mean, it's, you've got this this really flat plain valley that's in between now the mountains to the east or well, is it what i don't know whatever i guess it's obviously would be to the west mountains to the west are obviously snow capped and that was cool back behind you to the to the east is like just a little bit differently it's just i don't know awesome, it's man. really cool it wasn't uh, just those mountains behind the uh, yeah. behind the home stands. It was you could look out behind the north and south end zones and their snow capped mountains. It was I'm serious, man. I thought it was going to be the most beautiful stadium I've ever seen. Check, it was one of the most beautiful areas. Yep, In- insane, it was awesome, dude. It, Downtown Salt Lake City is it's cool, really cool, really cool. Um, everything about that trip was fantastic. The only bad part of the trip, one, the field condition. Two, uh, you couldn't get doubles anywhere in the state of Utah. That was that was forbidden. Hmm. Yeah. But other than other than that, if the if the only thing that we can complain about is field conditions and, and no doubles with your drinks, I would, I'd say it was a pretty good time. And do it you was. think there's a direct correlation between not being able to order doubles and? how nice the people and how clean the area is um yeah because i'm used to smelling like stale beer and some other foul smells on game day boy that Mm -hmm. was the best smelling game day i've ever had before out there in provo and and salt salt like the whole the whole state was just clean man everything about it was was clean and pleasant everyone was nice um i guess maybe they're all on a sugar high is maybe why they're so nice Wow. Cougar tails and free ice cream and every other sweet that you can think of. How was the area. ice cream? I never, I didn't get get to partake in any of the ice cream. Well, the ice cream uh, was was fantastic, man. Yeah. We had two different flavors, and I thought they just passed out a regular old vanilla, which is fine with me. I don't, I don't hate on vanilla ice cream. Yeah, there were several flavors that they passed out. We had some graham cracker uh, type of flavor that was good. Uh, then we got a chocolate that was pretty solid as well. There was like a raspberry or strawberry being passed around. They were throwing them to OU fans. That's on our Twitter page I posted today. The ice cream was fantastic, but, buddy, the star of the show was that cougar tail. 
I am really? I, yeah, I am not a big maple fan, a maple donut fan. Um, we got ours and it was cold. It wasn't even warm. It was a nine and a half out of ten. Nine and a half, easy out of ten. Well, that's interesting. Yeah, I I, I would never you... have guessed that. How good that thing is so good. All right. Well, if that's the case, I'm assuming that means that you are changing your opinion on maple bar donuts. Only if they're made inside Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. A caveat there for you. Huh. That's that's interesting. It is very good. I mean, it obviously was um, like basically the same thing as a, a maple bar donut, but they did not take it easy on the maple part of the equation. It, they laid it on pretty thick. It was awesome. Yeah. No, everyone was super nice. Uh, you, you got to a point where it was, welcome to Provo. Can you, can we buy you a cougar tail? Here's some free ice cream. At some point it got to, all right, I like being treated well on the road, but this is getting, uh, I, don't, I don't know, should we should we be worried how, how nice they really are? It's What's like one on of those here? scary movies where your car breaks down and, you know, someone's like, hey, why don't you stay the night here and have dinner and... We'll make you dessert and anything else we can do for you, and then they kill you in the middle of the night, right? That's Was that what you were expecting? I, they almost did. They tried to they on tried, the football field. Yeah, thank God for Billy Bowman we didn't get killed in the middle of the night out there. You know, I, another takeaway I had, I was extremely impressed with BYU's in-game experience, and I think a lot of college football teams can learn from how BYU, without alcohol, mind you, Kept really? everyone engaged during uh, timeouts. I don't know how much he paid attention to it, but they played just, I don't know, man. They played songs that everyone knew the words to, that everyone can sing along to. Yeah. Um, Ain't No Mountain High was playing. The Pretty student good. section was screaming uh, Taylor Swift at some point. I, uh, At the risk of sounding like an old here, they played a lot of songs that Ninety percent, ninety-five percent of the stadium knew, and it was it was quite pleasant. I I enjoyed their in-game experience with how they kept the fans engaged. They did a really nice job with that. Well, that's good to hear. Now I saw the the mascot do the double backflip off was the cool. high bar. That was pretty cool. What else did I see? Now they the halftime a- band show was not. What I would consider to be high. No, level. we were taking cover. That was, that was when it rained the uh, the heaviest. It was at halftime. Yeah. We were taking uh, taking cover there. They had the uh, the three kids doing the oh gosh, what do you call them? I'm sure your son has one at home. They're they're racing there in the end zone with the uh, was just like the um, like like they had the trucks. The kids are racing the oh, trucks. Oh yeah, there yeah, in the, like the battery powered truck. Yes, dude. I I don't know if you've seen my son lately. We. He was walking through the kitchen last night, and I looked back. I was watching the football game, and I was like, hey. And he stopped. He said, what? I said, Tyler, I measured him November 1st over on the wall, okay? We draw the little line. We put the date. I was like, go stand next to the wall. I just, glancing, I could tell he had grown. He's grown I would say three quarters of an inch since November first. Hmm. He's he's getting tall, man. Does he have an offer yet? Does does Brent does Brent know about this? Did you text him right away? No, I'm just saying. Like, what are his lateral times, Teddy? He is. 
he's not the little kid anymore. He, there's no way he could fit in one of those uh, those vehicles you're talking about. Pretty funny. <laughs> uh, text line, I, I knew this would happen. Uh, did they have kicking for chicken? You mean to tell me over the loudspeakers they didn't say, please turn your attention to the south end zone? No, they honored some uh, BYU uh, football players that were on buys during the NFL. They they honored some people, but I don't know. I thought they did a very good job of keeping oh, everyone engaged. It was they it was did cool. Senior Day after the game too. Yep. Right. Now what was going on? There? Or no, maybe it was before. I I, I think it was I, before potentially. Are you sure? No, not really. I think they did you. it after. There I, was something going on afterwards where they were calling names and stuff, but. Um, maybe they did it before too. I don't know. All in all, really cool environment, really cool stadium. I love the layout of the stadium. And I don't know what you thought, but Gabe and Plank during the game, like especially early whenever you we were down in their end zone where their student section was, they were saying that place was incredibly loud. Very, very loud. They uh, stomp on the aluminum bleachers there that make it a lot louder. So it, it got loud in that place. Jay from Medill says, did the BYU band really play Boomer Sooner pregame? Yes, they did. Can yeah. confirm. How about that? Very cool experience. Um, uh, I'd be down to go back. If, I'd go uh, back for sure. I'd go back and play Utah and Salt Lake, too. I, e- either one, please. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. All right. We're late for a timeout. Quick break. More from the rush coming up. Keep hitting the text on 651 651- Three four three nine. Sooner football talk lives here. This is the ref. At Bob Moore Nissan, we make sure you get the right vehicle at the right value based on what's right for you. Experience it and raise our families here. We take pride in our work because not only is it a reflection of us, but it's a reflection of our community as well. Wade Electric has been serving Oklahoma since 1969. Whether it's a remodel or new construction, our qualified installers can help. Don't do it yourself. Leave it to the experts at Wade Electric. Call 405-329-1940 to speak with our trusted professionals. Reaction Monday on the rush. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman, 405-651-3439 is the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. To the text line we go, by the way. Brent from Jinx has a text, and I made the same joke during the game when they were handing out ice cream at the end of the first quarter. Brent says, you think we'll have the same BYU experience at LSU next year? That's what I said. Yeah, you think at LSU they're going to be handing out ice cream to us at the end of the first quarter? Talking about two opposite experiences coming up. Yeah. Uh doubtful doubtful yeah that is yeah enjoy that while it lasts i don't know if you're going to get that anywhere not going to get it at missouri not going to get it at louisiana state and not going to get it at auburn patrick says i hope our band goes to sec away games yeah the band was not there on saturday which surprised me i didn't i didn't know that huh I didn't know. Well, I guess I did realize that they weren't there, but I didn't know that uh, that was. I guess I didn't know that leading up to. And is there is there a reason there? Is I just, I didn't look into it, so I, yeah. I I don't know. Maybe someone out there knows. Four seven nine. I need clarification, Tyler. I've been to SLC Salt Lake City many times, and yes, it's beautiful. But I hear you saying they have a beautiful stadium. That place looks like a dump. With an amazing backdrop, can you confirm? The scenery what, is Utah the, or uh, I, I think, BYU. Think maybe they're talking about BYU. 
Um, the scenery is the star, but I thought the stadium was still really cool. It's def it's not a dump for sure. It's it's nice. It's nice. It's in a nice area. It's super clean. Press box is is nice. I mean, it's not I mean, it's old, but it's in great shape. I don't know. It looked like the for us, the access getting in was super easy. It, plenty of open area down below the stadium for for people to congregate, right? I mean, I yeah. I don't know. I thought it was for a, for a, what, 63? Is that what it holds? It'll be the, the largest stadium in the Big 12, the new Big 12. It, it gets loud. I mean, I I didn't. I wasn't blown away by the stadium, but for a 63,000-seat stadium, they had a jumbotron on both ends. It was it was a cool stadium. But, yeah, the scenery scenery's a star. It's definitely not a dump. I'll show you a dump in college football. That's, that's not it. The only thing confusing, um, and maybe not even so much confusing, just, huh, I've never seen that before. They're not sections. They're called portals at BYU. I don't know why that's the case, but I've never seen that before at another stadium. Portal. Huh. Okay. Well, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't know what to, how to respond to that. The portal. Ohio Sooner, the stadium might be nice, but that field was definitely a dump. Amen on that one. And it sounds like they're replacing it this offseason, but that was, uh, that, was, that was bad. It was so bad... I was screaming, what, after a punt return, BYU had a nice punt return, probably the best of their day. I'm screaming like, oh, and Heineke clearly got clipped. It's a block in the back. How do you miss that on the play? Then you watch the replay. Oh, Owen Heineke just slipped like everyone else on the play. And yeah. it, was a, it was a major wipeout. There were guys slipping all over the place. They had some people out there, I guess, um, to – to meet and and discuss like what they need to do with the field moving forward, and um, I think they're going to tear it up and start over. And if they don't get it right, they may need to put some turf in there. But you know, I don't think you I don't think you have to put turf in there. I just think they need to clearly do a better job with what they've got. It's way too loose. Just not not good at all. That's one of yeah. the worst playing surfaces I've seen. Yeah, Cherokee Center, that field had more grass than Gunny's house, which there is you go. true and uh, funny as well. What was the best part of the weekend for you? Uh, me with my awful singing ability, singing happy birthday to you and the rest of the restaurant at Salt Lake City, the stadium itself, uh, the flight home. What was What was the best part of the weekend? The best part of the weekend. Well... It was definitely not your singing. Mm, yeah. Um, Criticized for that. We had dinner next door. Um, the dinner was nice. I got to tell you, oddly, one of the things that I really enjoyed was walking around the downtown area. It was awesome. Tons of restaurants and bars, and it was just, it was super clean and I, there were OU fans in pretty much every Everywhere. restaurant that I walked by. Yeah, we ate uh, Friday night in Salt Lake. There were OU fans all over the place. It was cool. It, I mean, it was lit up. It looked really good. There was a there was an ice skating rink right outside of our our hotel that people were were skating on, and I, it was just the weather was awesome on Friday evening. It, everything. I mean, I, I would just say the the best part of it was that every. Every bit of it was excellent. 
Easy flight, too, to get to Salt Lake, by the way. Easy. What, 45-minute yeah. drive to Provo? Um, just kind of just down the highway there. It's just I, I, uh, I hope we get to go back there someday is, is how I feel. I, that, that, doesn't, that doesn't get old. Yeah, we stayed in Salt Lake City. The team did. Um, you know, so that's why we flew into Salt Lake, but we flew out of Provo. So Provo's got an airport there, too, that you can fly in and out of with the football team, which is a really nice advantage to have. Um, just all of it, fantastic. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We will wrap up our number one next. Stay tuned. A true Sooner fan wouldn't be caught dead without the KRF app. Join the Army. Get the app. Tell your friends. This is The Ref, where diehard Sooner fans listen. Take a walk on the wild side with Brahms' new spicy pimento bacon cheeseburger. This bacon cheeseburger adds southern flair to a classic. Featuring Brahms' pimento cheese piled high on a juicy hamburger patty with jalapenos and crispy hickory smoked bacon. Throw in a slice of American cheese to melt everything together for dreamy, cheesy goodness in every bite. Stop wasting time and go get Brahms' new spicy pimento bacon cheeseburger. Nothing's better than Brahms'. If you're looking for a no-appointment-needed doctor's visit, head to Norman Regional's walk-in clinics in Norman and more. Open Monday through Friday from 7A to 7P. Our walk-in clinics offer convenience for new or established patients. The clinic providers treat allergies, cold and flu symptoms, sore throats, stomach viruses, and more. Our Norman Clinic is located at Norman Regional 9, 2000, and Brandon Boulevard, Suite 201. And our Moore Clinic is located at Norman Regional Moore, 700 South Telephone Road, Suite 201. It's the time for Thanksgiving, and it's time for you to feast your eyes on a new 2023 GMC from Dorsey Jones Buick GMC in El Reno. Feast the beast on an all-new 2023 GMC Sierra Crew Cab 1500 4x4 AT4X and take $7,000 off the MSRP. Plus, get 4.9% APR for 60 months for well-qualified buyers. Dorsey Jones Buick GMC, I-40 and Highway 81, exit 125 in El Reno, or Dorsey-JonesBuickGMC.com. GMC, we are professional grade. See dealer for details. Attention basketball fans. Get you sound just like him. Then he said. If it's still warm, then do it again. Where can I learn all this? It's all on SmokeyBear.com with other wildfire prevention tips. Because only you can prevent wildfires. Brought to you by the USDA Forest Service, your state forester, and the Council. Cavins Group bringing you the sour of the rush on a reaction Monday. If you have an emergency 24 hours a day, give Cavins a call. They specialize in fire, water, mold, remediation, and crime scene cleanup. It's Cavins Group at 405-573-3048. 405-573-3048 or CavinsGroup.com. Kind of joking, but really not after Saturday. Um, here's a scenario. If this were to play out on Saturday... What move does Brent Venables make? Let's say it's the first drive of the game, zero-zero. Mm-hmm. The OU offense has a fourth and one-and-a-half from the TCU 10-yard line. Are they kicking a field goal, or are they going for it? You said in the first quarter? Very first drive of the game. Kicking it. Oh, God, okay. Uh, all right. Let me I buckle know. in for an adventure here if they're going to kick a, uh, what is that, a 37-yard field goal, 27-yard field goal. I know. I, what are you going to do, though? Go for it. They Well, okay, they may go for it there. I, I guess I didn't. You said how many yards? 
fourth and one and a half. Yeah, they'll probably go for it. Um, but you know, whenever there's a clearly, it's it's fourth and you know six, five, six or more, and you're well within field goal range. What should be a chip shot field goal, you have to kick it. I mean, uh, I mean, I understand, but. I, I don't know. You you still have to operate within the kid's range that, you know, it, he's yeah. going to make, what, 75% of them or so? No, I, I know. I don't it's know. Just, that, that was his worst miss of the season. On, I know. Um, I know. The it. situation, the yardage, everything, and you're lucky that didn't cost you the game. Britt was asked about the uh, kicking situation today. Here's what he said. Yeah, we got to get a little better with our um, confidence and our fundamentals uh, at kicking. You know, we've been too inconsistent there. Right now, again, we, we, we kick multiple guys in practice, and uh, Zach's, Zach's been our most consistent. You know, just like a, a quarterback, if a quarterback's lacking accuracy, he's just got to get better. You know, you got to throw it on time. You know, sometimes it's an instinct, instinctual thing for a quarterback. Sometimes it's a, you know, it's a mechanics thing, and uh, we just got to get better. So maybe Brent would never come out and say, yeah, we're starting a new kicker on Saturday. I don't think he did that with uh, Elzinga, the punter. But judging off that audio clip, it sounds like Zach Schmidt will still be your starting kicker on Friday. I, yeah, I, I, I've got nowhere else to go. I, I have I have no idea. I have to say yes. I mean, kicker's a, a very difficult thing to to deal with. It's it's hard to watch guys every day in practice and know that one is clearly your best kicker. And not go with clearly your best kicker out on the field. I mean, and I understand everyone's frustration with it. I don't have an answer. I don't know. I don't know what the right thing to do is. It's frustrating, though. That's for sure. And if you if you send a kicker out there that you know is inferior and you miss it, you're absolutely just killing yourself over that decision. So, I don't know. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Hour number two is next. You're listening to the home of Sooner fans, KR.